Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Oh, pray for us. All of us. All of us. All hey, of us. <laughs> all of us. God knows we yeah. need it. Oh, so many things going on. Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, is here. Lost her husband lately. Uh, Michelle Betts and I both have kids, uh, three kids, in different schools. And your daughters both started. Well, your I'd say your oldest daughter, she started, started a new school. She didn't come from a feeder like two of mine, three of mine this year. Yeah. And, you know, they're all different. They all settle in better than others. It's hard, I think, to start middle school or high school and not come from a feeder school and really yeah. just have to meet people from scratch. And I'd been warned about that by a couple parents uh, when we were debating a few years ago, my friend was like, you better put her into Falcon Creek because going to high school and not knowing a soul is mm. really hard. But for me, I don't know. I I really liked the diversity of Laredo and I needed her to have that before she went to her current school. Like it was there's really some diversity at her current school. Uh, there is, but there's less. There's less. Laredo is and there's much less better. financial diversity. There are a lot of wealthy that kids too, at that school. Which is another reason why. And it's why massive. It's like 4,000 kids. It is, which is why there's uh, a lot of good things to be said about Laredo and Smoky Hill. And those are my two favorite things. I love that. The diversity. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Lauren, you'd be surprised. I mean, my Sienna and Lauren have both heard the N-word very often at school really yeah i mean and, and now, is it being thrown around by other african-american kids as a greeting because that's the way my kids have heard it a lot they're hearing they're hearing like a greeting beatrice you might I know have, you like lifted your head up yeah like a hey n-word yeah they, how are you doing n-word no yeah, like as a greeting like a hi how like brother, i'm not kidding am i yeah, right Michelle? some yes. people say that yeah. they might have heard it that way but that's not the that's what they've not, complained to me about right you're talking about white people saying it and Whoa. then but so that black people are confronting them out. i'm sorry that why is, is it so good out. for me to say it as a black person right. but not a white person i to say agree it? with you and, 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 if, and if there's I some white person that's not educated like you never like cute little hope right my little she pie. she that doesn't get and i'm not believe me i don't not, even know if hope's ever heard the word not i've never i i I don't know. Like, I mean, well, she might have heard it at school, but I've never heard her reference it because remember that my, one of the teachers a couple of years back wanted her to study a book that would show her about racism back in the day mm-hmm. for an opera singer. Yes. And yeah. I said, if you don't mind, because her teacher was black. I said, if you don't mind, I want to wait on this for yeah. Hope because I don't want her to introduce this concept because she's so feeling she will be upset that her friends mm-hmm. or people she knows might have ever been treated differently oh, because right. of the color of their skin. And I don't think she was ready for it. Now she is. Now mm-hmm. she's in middle school. But I felt like it would really bother her and upset her. And so she wasn't ready for it yet. And by the way, I just want to throw one thing out. I realize why I'm kind of the way I am. You know how I've told you before, my stepmom's from mm-hmm. Iran. And I, I wouldn't say I'm colorblind, but I don't see your color. Mm-hmm. I get it what, that other people do, right? I get that. 
but I don't really see it personally. I don't see anyone as right. different than I am. So I'm with my dad last week, and I look over, and Nashville, where is my right? father? Yeah, I took my dad on this bucket list trip to Nashville. Looking like And Willie I look Nelson. over, everybody mm-hmm. called him Willie. They were screaming it out of the bus and stuff. I look over, and I'm looking for the picture right now. Who is my dad sitting with when we take a break on the bus? Two table picnic tables full of homeless dudes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He sat down, Aww. and I look over, and I'm like, what's he doing? That didn't think a word about it. And he's like, oh, I met this guy, Joey, over there. You know, he used to have a job and this and that. He's been struggling and he'd been in the military. He used to do security and gave me, like, Joey's life story. Then I see him get up and I'd ordered him a walker because he tripped and hit his head on a curb. And so he doesn't, he can walk fine, but, you know, he's Mm mid-80s. So then he goes over to the other homeless table and starts talking to this guy about his walker. And then Dad said, well, I think he didn't want to talk about it. I said, Dad... I think he has, like, some mental health issues. He's homeless. Like, Dad's oblivious to the fact that he just sat and rapped for an hour with two (laughs) tables full of homeless dudes while the other seniors all sat way over away from the homeless dudes. But my dad sat down with them like... Just, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, what you drinking there? Coffee? Oh, I love coffee. You know, I mean. Right. I think our own issues come out. But didn't even think like he was doing anything charitable Mm -hmm. or anything different. He was just sitting down with other people. That's Mm -hmm. his character. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, and Andy, I, I mean, I think I'm similar. I grew up and we had every color right everybody lived at our house stayed with i mean there was no difference so i think i you know so i have to be careful not to um say well of course not because i've been around and i've seen michelle has taught me a lot about okay angie you might may not be that way you may not be see my color but But, i other people do see my color and other people do treat me differently and other people do use words with my kids Mm. that i don't want them using and so that just She's opened my eyes to that because she is a social activist and she puts these things on glad. her Facebook page, yep. you know, and so I have to respect that her reality is different than my reality. Mm-hmm. So she and I may not feel differences about each other, right. but other people might feel them towards her. Yes. And I need to open my eyes to that, that her life experience is different than mine. Yep. Yeah. No. Pretty chance. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah. and I think, I think, you know, we all are, um, I, I, my ex, you know, when he was in a wheelchair. So weird for me to hear you say that. We got, we, well, we would get, you know, he's a tool. He's, you know, because he didn't look disabled. Right. If we, and people would say things, things to you. Out loud. So, I, yeah. you know, not to the level I can't say I understand. Believe me, I can't say I understand at all. I just remember certain times, and I and, and we kind of turned it around as a, a time to be able to educate people. Mm-hmm. I know I look a certain way, but there are, you know, mental things. There are, you know, you never know when somebody or maybe I'm having a bad day or a good day or, you know, that's... Um, we used it as time for education. And I know that's what you do, Michelle. That's what right. I love. I, I love try, it. I try to use it. Yeah. Sometimes you get tired of educating everybody. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, you really do, but you have to because of this, in society today, these kids aren't learning what we learned. Nope. No. Okay. So they don't see it as we see it. No. And it's just, it's critical that we give them the opportunity to learn some of the stuff that we learn so that they can be aware. Yeah, aware. Have a discussion. That's a good, that's Awareness. A, that's a good thing, aware. That is a very... It is. Because some of the things Michelle's posted, to be honest with you, have kind of blown me away. Mm-hmm. Like some racist person in a grocery store telling <clears throat> somebody off, and I'm like, 
who are these people? I didn't even know people still <laughs> like hat. You know, seriously. Yeah. Like, I mean, this, uh, like this isn't a video from 50 years ago. Right. Right. But you know what else yeah. I'm seeing, you guys? And Boom. again, it's supposed to be the good news, but something else I'm seeing that really bothers me. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, uh, the story that I covered this week had to do with um, Seattle. And uh, some university Republicans, a young group of Republicans. Now, keep in mind, if you're a Republican in college, you are in a very small minority in college because this mm -hmm. is not a group of Republicans in general. Um, kids are a little bit more uh, liberal. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to celebrate Kavanaugh's confirmation. <laughs> and some people, some progressive Democrats, another group from the school, called the bar and said, we don't feel comfortable with them having their gathering in the bar. So the bar might be sued now. The bar got a hold of the Republican group of, you know, students. And again, these students are not speaking out in class. Like they, they're, they're afraid to voice their opinions in many settings in college now. The freedom of speech that we once really had in college is we don't. really becoming less and less mm -hmm. free. Yep. So they were banned from attending, from having their, um, their group here. To hear me out here, because I know, Michelle, that you're uh, much more liberal than I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with that said, what if they said to these Republicans, we have a different drinking fountain for you. You have to come in the back entrance, and we want you to sit at the back of any vehicle. Ted Cruz was having dinner with his wife at a restaurant recently, and Ted Cruz is a well-known Republican. They ran him out of the restaurant protesting. The restaurant put him in the hallway with his wife. He was very courteous to them. Then they brought him back in and said on social media, we we're happy to report Ted Cruz was able to enjoy his dinner. Now, they're in the business of selling meals for a price. That's their business. Not if you're black, white, green, or orange they say we won't sell you a meal they'll sell anyone a meal for a price mm -hmm. are we getting to the point in this country where young in many cases young liberals feel that if you are uh, conservative you're you should not be allowed to eat or go to certain establishments there's a well-known po politician out of california mm -hmm. maxine waters and she has said call them out uh, go up to them at the mall, at the dry cleaner, uh, co uh, confront them. Don't, you know, I'm s uh, summarizing. Don't let them feel comfortable anywhere they go. Don't let them go anywhere without you calling them out. Basically harass Have them. Have we gotten yeah. to the point where it's, it's okay to not uh, harass someone because of color, but because of political beliefs? And that restaurant, by the way, they've had to hire security now. Oh, my gosh. And they've had to shut down their social media accounts because people went after them for allowing Ted to come back in and eat and allowing Ted to eat there in the first place. So are we going back in time where the Ted Cruises of the world will have to have separate restaurants and drinking fountains? I mean, I know that sounds right. outrageous, no, no, I'm, I'm but listening. they're saying, it's a, it's, he, it's, and they're, it's they're calling in threats to the restaurant and they're calling in fake reservations. So they've had to shut down social media and hire security. And what are they doing? They're doing what they do. They're in business to sell meals to people, regardless of your color or political affiliation. Uh, it's getting yeah, kind of crazy. Right. It is. It is getting oh. crazy. I think um, ugh, it's, you know, it's never right to harass people, whether they believe what you believe or not. But I think right now the person that we have in office is extremely polarizing. Um, and unfortunately, he has, in my opinion, made it so that people are many times unfairly labeling um conservatives as racists right because if you voted there were so him, many then you are just like him and that well I, right that well think about the it case. there I were a whole of lot of people right here yes three I see. of the four of us no 
and Dave. So four Ugh. of the see, and that upsets you. But you like us. See, that's I the do thing, like you. Is well, that a lot be- of us actually have different <laughs> political views and still like each other? Right. And the media would have us believe that we're on the left and the right, mm-hmm. but really there's a few on the left and a few on the far right, and most of us are on an island in the middle. Yeah. And yeah. you might be on a different side of the island, True. but we meet on a lot of things. Most. But the what they're that making are- us believe now is that the, the 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 country is very separated. My feeling is what's happening in the White House doesn't have as much impact on my life as what's happening in my My house. No, and that's completely true. But I will say when you can, I mean... Facebook isn't life, okay? But Amen. people are people are putting all of their their real honest opinions on there, and I, you don't. And I don't. You don't, I don't either. In real life, we sit here just chatting about yeah. the comfortable stuff, right. and we don't go there in right. real life. In real oh, life, I do. no. But sometimes, but it's like on, on Facebook, for example, it could be something that that's all you do. Like mm-hmm. I, I have some friends like they never post anything if it's not. Political. political See, I don't. Hardcore. I unfriend or I I unfollow those people because I, to me, again, Facebook I is not share real. My kids. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I do. Yeah. So so yeah. my I want to share stuff about my kids. Yes. Well, and yeah. here's the other thing. You know why I don't share my politics? Like I do. So I have two radio shows, and I can talk about it all I want. On this show, we generally don't talk about politics, but mm-hmm. on my morning show on our sister station, I do a lot. Mm-hmm. And with that said, you know why I don't with other parents or when we're at parties, Michelle, mm-hmm. and they make fun of like you know whatever Republicans or whatever, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting right there, and you know that I'm conservative, but mm-hmm. a lot of my friends don't. I don't because I don't want my kids ostracized because of my political exactly. beliefs. Oh, yeah, and I understand that. We were at a dinner party uh, a year or so ago, and my kids told me after that the that the that the one of the children at the house had said something about like how they'd all voted for Trump or whatever, and then the mom like shushed them because they didn't yeah. want us to hear. Right. And I don't know. I think it's unfortunate that this person is the president because I don't think that he makes Republicans look good. I don't think that there's there's nothing wrong with being a, more of a conservative or more of a liberal person, but I think he makes that party look very bad. I think that's I a also- non sequitur, though, because he gets blamed for a lot of this stuff when he's not the one going kicking people out of restaurants. He's not the one causing riots. He's not the one he, directing the one traffic. That- it's not his fault. It's the other side that's mad at him. It's their fault that they're causing all the division and they're going after all the stuff. I, and so I that's know that, the only division? And, and, no, no, no. And, no, and, not, and if you voted for him, it doesn't mean you agree, agree with, with everything, everything exactly, he stands exactly. for. Exactly. And just and secondly, going down the street, you can't even A lot it. of people have just labeled him as things, which I don't think he is. I don't think he's the racist pig that some people say he is. I mean, when you look at some of the people he's hired and a lot of the women he's hired, yes, do I think he's an old white dude that yep. does behave the way a lot of the white old white dudes I know behave in the old school, like the old anchor that I used to work with that would call me babe all the time and not realize that maybe you're not supposed to do that yeah. anymore? Slap do I believe butt. that? Yeah. But do I think that the guy has no heart and he's a creep and he's a racist pig? I don't. Mm-hmm. But you might, right? Mm-hmm. But with that said, I didn't vote for President Obama. Obama, but I didn't go out and kick people out of res- nope. restaurants that did. Nope. Did Obama? Did you I feel prayed like he for per- him. Do you feel that he attacked you yes. as a person? Yes, he I do too. You I as do a too. Person? I do too. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So that's the cool thing. We can have a discussion, mm-hmm. um, but I don't feel like I'm able to have. Like, I was just at a, a, a happy hour on Friday with a lady, and she's because I, I just I watched a movie that was put out. It was called The Trump Prophecy. And this oh, last is that week, with Steve Bannon. 
it, it's about Mark. Um, what's his name? Mark. Oh, shoot. I'm going to. Okay, but he, so, but go years ahead. ago, he had a dream through and, and he, he says did? it's Who God. He is uh, Mark Taylor. Um, okay. He is a retired firefighter. And he said God came to him in a dream like eight years ago and said Trump was going to be the president. He's like, ha, 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 you got to be kidding me. I think most people laughed initially when he I said. did. I laughed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. And this movie was so interesting because, I, well, one, I was just like, this is really weird. But it's this whole Christian, like people were praying for him. Um, people in Israel, and they said, this president will bring Jerusalem back. I mean, it was, it's been like crazy. I wonder if he will get credit for any of the good things that have happened with the country, though. Some people won't give him any credit. I can't see past him encouraging um, all the behavior that he was doing at his uh, Trump rallies. I can't get past that. So you you wouldn't. I've written him off. So like you what I can't see. I can't see good. I'm not going to like bash him forever but i just don't like when he's gone i'll be happy so like if he is voted in for another eight years and at the pardon me four years and he's in there for eight years and the economy's do, doing well and we've got better relations with uh uh countries that maybe we felt were a little threatening prior to that any of that would you would you ever if you were happy with the state of the country at the end of the eight years could you look past it or are you just like, no? I mean, you're being honest. If I felt I love that it. he earned, that he did, that he created things, I mean, I can't lie and say he didn't create positive things. I can't do that. But if it's going to be at the expense of, uh, I think, like race relations here, for me, it's, I'm not willing to pay that. Beatrice, price. do you get flack for voting for him in the yes. African-American community? I'm so no you offense, keep but it I quiet? know you do. You must. Yeah, because you're just assuming that she does get flack for it. I know she does because black people, there's we are not for Trump in general. In general, that's how do you deal with that? This is one black person that was not for Obama. I just I didn't care for the man. He didn't represent me. You weren't going to vote according to color because that no Pastor Moreland. You know him. He said don't vote just according to race. Yeah, right. See, they say this when Obama was. I, you know, it's easy to say, you know, once there's a black guy that you're just voting for him because he's black. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's always been two white dudes up there. Right. You know, you didn't, yeah. a lot of people weren't weren't voting for Hillary just because she was a woman. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I would hope well, that Well, an African-American man was voted, it, it was became president before a, a white woman or a black woman. Mm -hmm. Like women still, in my opinion, in this country, still have a backseat role in our country. Yes, there are a lot of female politicians. But I do not foresee anywhere in the near future. Well, compared I mean, to the numbers, you say to, a, to a black man, yes, yeah, yeah, I don't a know black. How I feel? I, I mean, and, and white and didn't women get to vote after black men? I'm pretty sure they did. So I'm saying that women mm -hmm. in general yes. have a backseat still to not just white men, but to black men, mm -hmm. to men, mm -hmm. to men. Period. Any color man. Mm -hmm. I still think in society, I I think part of the reason people didn't vote for Hillary was because she was a woman. With that said, I'm a conservative, so I couldn't vote for her. And so we had one person we could vote for. Right. So whether or not he was your first choice or not, 
But me voting for him didn't make me a racist. Me voting for him didn't mean that I agreed with everything he did. But then people lump us with this label that we're small-minded, racist, rednecks for voting for him. And that, to me, that's why I keep my mouth shut. And that's why people yeah. were surprised he was voted into office because no one wanted to admit that they were going to vote for him because they are shamed. Yes, mm -hmm. right. Well, because some of the things that he did and said were embarrassing. And well, kind of, of the for me, made Hillary it so that I couldn't... I, you know, he was just like, I couldn't consider, I couldn't consider him yeah. after some of the behaviors that I saw. I just couldn't. My father-in-law said he considered him and then changed his mind. Yeah. And my husband didn't vote for him, but I did. And he knows it. That's, I mean, and that's the beauty. My son said beauty. to Grandma D, um, one of my parents voted for, um, for Hillary and one of my parents voted for Trump. And then my mother-in-law said, oh, your mom's not that stupid. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, no wow. wonder we keep our mouths shut. Wow. Huh? Thank goodness for radio. We can, Thank you God. know, say what we think and not be fearful of a, you know. Right. But right. I can look up where you live and tell it. <laughs> People can look up where we live anyway, you, right? And kick you out of the restaurant <laughs> for being conservative. Well, that was fun. We hardly ever talked about it. Yeah, I don't think we news. ever have. Yeah. All right. We'll be yeah. right back with the four Republicans and a Democrat. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC. And when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does oh. ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. We are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your autumn days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. This year at the YMCA of the Rockies, there is something for everyone during our Fall Fest weekends, starting September 22nd, on September 29th, and also on October 6th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies Fall Fest weekends. This year, we have hay rides, square dancing, pumpkin painting, and a ton more fall games and activities. YMCA of the Rockies is an ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your fall with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. 
Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Stay tuned now for an encore presentation, the best of the best of the good news with Angie Austin. Hey, it's Angie. Welcome back. Well, have you gotten the call? I know I have. Like the call from the school. We just got one yesterday. And the first thing that comes into my mind is was one of the kids hurt again because we had to have an ambulance come for Riley playing football, broke his collarbone. Hope fell off the uh, trampoline this summer and was worried about head injuries. So if you have kids like I do of that age, we oftentimes have 15 kids in the backyard. They're going to get injuries, specifically sports injuries. So joining us is an expert in the area, Dr. Brian Babka. He is with the Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital, and he also works with athletes. And so this is a topic of great interest to many parents. Welcome, doctor. Thank you for having me. All right, so why are these sports injuries on the rise? You think with the technology, more advancements, better helmets, that we'd have fewer? Well, our kids are actually playing organized sports at a much earlier age. So they're playing in leagues that are much faster, stronger, more physical. The other thing that has particularly increased our injury rates is year-round sport. So too often now our children are, are specializing earlier and choosing to play one sport year-round. And sometimes when we when they choose to dabble in other sports, it's usually an overlap. So a lot of times we will have, you know, our children playing soccer year round and then volleyball for school. And they're going to two practices per day and multiple games per week. And so there's this big increase in overuse and we're getting overuse injuries. We're getting uh, burnout. We're getting fatigue. We're getting uh, injuries because of decreased recovery, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, and, and also, I, I, you make such a good point, also the training that parents do, like more pitching, like, uh, you know, pitching coaches or going, you know, to the gym and lifting and doing things which would then make them, they, the parents think better in that chosen sport. And just out of curiosity, do you think this is a good thing that kids are starting earlier and getting more competitive at a young age and going year round? Because it really keeps them from trying other sports, too. It does. It is not. Um, and even my thinking on it has kind of evolved just in terms of where the sports medicine data is coming from. But even as a parent myself and kids that play sports and, you know, I was fortunate enough to play sports at a high level myself. And so sometimes you look at traditionally what we've done and where it's evolved and, you know, what we've created and where sometimes we need to swing the pendulum back. Mm -hmm. So I have actually become very anti early specialization, particularly for our athletes, you know, to about you know the middle school and high school level where I want our youth athletes, our eight, nine, 10 year olds playing multiple sports. 
you know, learning multiple skills, developing, uh, training different muscles, uh, learning better, better body awareness and balance, or what we call proprioception, uh, things of that nature. And we've gotten away from that. And we, we, we've created this culture of club sports where they're competing with school sports and we have too many kids playing in both. And it's created, in some sense, some athletes that aren't as well-trained and fit as they used to be. And it's also increased our risk of this fatigue and overuse. Well, I, I, you're singing to the choir. We don't let our son play football. He's uh, really excels at sports and is one of the top swimmers on his team. But we won't let him swim more than two days a week while the other kids are doing five and six. He's 13 years old. He can't swim five yeah. or six days a week because then he can't do volleyball and baseball and soccer and all the other exactly. track. He's in track right now, so he doesn't need to swim five days a week. But we get pressure from the parents and coaches like, hey, he's one of the top people in this sport, whether it be basketball or swimming or baseball. Can he come more? Can he? travel can he come to more practices no he can't because he's 13 and when he's like 16 maybe he'll specialize but he's not doing it now I 100% agree and I, I think and this is the parent in me talking where I 100% agree with you or I think too often we get guilted into that yes. where the coaches and even knowing what I know I feel sometimes I get guilted by coaches with my own children um for them to do more and more and more. And you sometimes learn to step back, take a deep breath and question the motivation. Uh, but I do think it's important for someone like your son, particularly a swimmer, to have a weight-bearing exercise. You know, if they're running track, that's important. It's mm-hmm. cardiovascular. He's still working his engine. It's going to you know, fall back and make him a better swimmer long-term. But you're also forcing him to do something different with different muscle groups, particularly in his lower legs that are going to be different than flutter kick or butterfly kick or dolphin kick. Yeah. Uh, it's going to, it's definitely going to decrease the overuse in that, you know, young shoulder. You know, one of the things we particularly see uh, is base, you know, in baseball and we're starting to learn it in swimmers. Unfortunately, our swimmers have fallen a little behind the data curve. Um, and I'm a parent of a swimmer. So I, I, I now recognize it is our athletes that live overhead for too long. You know, we're starting to get some overuse injuries. You know, we can get growth plate injuries in the shoulders. We can get tendonitis. We can get back issues. And so by having, forcing your child into multi-sport, uh, is it, only going to benefit long run. A really good athlete's, you know, a really good athlete, and a 13-year-old not swimming five days a week will not fall behind the curve. There's all the data in the world to support it. Uh, we just need people to recognize that. Well, doctor, um, that's part of the prevention: being well-rounded and not necessarily specializing in one sport. So, what else can be done to prevent sports injuries? It's education. I mean, I think as everything in life and in sports, there's an inherent risk. You know, anytime we jump in a pool, cross a chalk line, you know, jump on a court, we know there's an inherent risk of you know, of an injury, a contact injury, a twisting injury, an overuse injury. Uh, but if we can educate people on acknowledging risk, decreasing risk when and where we can, so certain leagues and school administrators and program developers, you know, you know, changing rules that will protect our kids. That's important. Educating athletes, parents, and coaches to recognize injury. So in our athletes that are very, very active is to not ignore that pain complaint. If we can teach our athletes to self-report and then have our parents and coaches recognize that that's a real complaint that needs to be, you know, evaluated and treated, um, you know, education and awareness is still the biggest tool we have in our toolkit. 
All right. Well, speaking about this education doctor, so got the trampoline, the kids in gymnastics. My friend said, oh, we've had it for eight years. No one ever fell off. So I've ordered the nets. I let the kids on one at a time. Daughter falls off. I'm watching her, hits her head, but she does the proper roll, right? So she crosses her arms and puts her head up. So I take her right to the doctor to see if she has a concussion. And we hear a lot about concussions in the news. So I want to know how common are they really? And do we need to act that immediately to have our kid looked at, or do we need to wait? Like, are they? Are, do we hear about it more just because we're more aware of concussions now, or are they really that common? It's, it's a little of all of the above. So, about nine percent of high school sport injuries reporting to an athletic training staff are head injuries. So, about one in ten injuries in sport are head injuries. So, I, I would call that common, right? Some of that definitely yeah. needs to be recognized. Something that definitely needs to be treated. Uh, the the rise, you know, the increase in data and rates, I, th- I think, is somewhat twofold. And that our, obviously our recognition and public awareness is really, really high. So we are recognizing these athletes sooner. We're getting them in treatment sooner. But I think where the biggest rise has been is our female athletes. I think for a long time, our sisters and our daughters didn't necessarily have access to the same organized sports at the same levels that you know, our brothers and sons did. And so we have a whole influx of new, you know, high level athletes that are playing sports, Mm -hmm. which is very, very good. But obviously the numbers have increased. And we also know in our female athletes, there's some unique needs that sometimes can put them particularly in certain sports at a little higher risk of injury. Um, So those rates are going up. The other, when you commented on, you know, how quickly they need to be evaluated, I'm in the camp of, you know, immediate is, is the definition for me is 24 to 48 hours. Okay. So obviously any athlete or child that has a suspected head injury, um, if they're coherent, they're talking and you will know your child better than anybody. Um, that could probably be evaluated in 24 to 48 hours. Anything where it's dazed, headache, increased headache, nausea, vomiting, mm-hmm. um, that needs to be evaluated immediately. I think the biggest thing on the sports side that we need parents and coaches to recognize is any suspected head injury needs to be removed from play with no same day return to play. And so we have to have that initial rest period and then evaluated the following Monday or Tuesday by a healthcare professional to see if it is actually a concussion. I, I will argue that not every head injury is a concussion, um, but I am very much in the camp of any suspected head injury needs to be removed from play, live to fight another day, have it formally evaluated because if it is a concussion, certain treatment protocols need to be initiated Mm -hmm. uh, to protect that athlete's uh, recovery, return to daily activity, return to learn, you know, return to play without having long-term recurrent risk or long-term, you know, potential deficits. Right. And you don't want two back-to-back concussions, not knowing they had one and then another, because that can be even fatal. So I think people underestimate Yeah, that's when the bad things happen. Mm -hmm. The seriousness. Well, doctors, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Wow. I mean, what a wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate all the info. Where can we go to do more research and get more information? Sure. Our website has a lot of information, uh, particularly regarding our sports medicine programs, uh, education links, our sports concussion programs. So our website is www.nm.org, and that will bring you to the Northwestern Medicine website uh, and kind of guide you through our subspecialty programs. Well, that's simple, nm.org. Thank you so much, doctor. 
Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Three, two, one. All right, so I've got uh, the God Squad here, the Good News Gals, and Jake with God's Glory Boxes here. So I want to just kind of join you guys in here. I was so happy to hear him kind of agree with me how I feel. Even though my son and all my kids swim year-round, it's two days a week, not five or six. And so I'm already seeing, like, the kids that are doing it, you know, all, all every day of the week, they are, you know, uh, maybe beating them out by half a second or whatever, whereas maybe my son used to beat them, right? So that's hard for him mentally, but the, with the baseball and the shoulder injuries that sometimes you get from swimming and baseball because of the you know overuse he's saying that that's the way to go that this doctor who is a pro in this arena that these kids shouldn't be doing year-round sports so young and abusing their bodies and then Monique your husband played in the NFL for 10 years right for 10 years and it it, it makes me have apprehensions about um, my own daughters playing sports. I always tell my my two younger daughters they play soccer, and I always tell them no headers, because my husband had so many concussions, and he's going through a lot with um with from the remnants of those concussions. So. I don't see, I always tell parents, because parents always look at my girls and they're like, they want to model their kids after my girls. But I always tell them, like, God has a plan for my girls. And whatever his plan is, whatever he has for them, they're going to get that. Like, my daughter Amber, she told me yesterday, she was like, Mama, I don't feel like going to practice. And I'm like, you don't have to go to practice. So I'm not one of those parents who's like, um, you need to go to practice. We've paid for this soccer. Go No, if they don't feel like going, they don't go. My older daughter, Alicia, who has um, scholarship offers in academics, basketball, and track, she started playing basketball when she was in seventh grade. And she started track in ninth grade. So it's like you don't have to do all of this stuff that society is telling you you need to do for your pressure kids and be. half the time it's the parents because they mm-hmm. want their kids to stand out and they want to live through their kids i've seen that where parents want to live through their kids and i'm not one of those parents i'm like listen you're going to go through your own stuff so i'm not going to inflict what i'm feeling off on you i just want my girls to be led by god's plan mm-hmm. and I have a problem with coaches coming to me telling me I can do this for your daughter. And I'll tell them, no, you can't. No, like you can't do that for my daughter. Only God can do that for my daughter. So to all those parents out there listening, God has a plan for your kid. And you just pray for that plan to be aligned and come down here and and on earth and be manifested because he already has the plans laid out in heaven for him, just like for each and every one of us. So, and with my husband, he started playing when he was six years old. Wow. Six years old. And we're from Florida. And in Florida, you had to play tackle football at six years old. There was no if ands, no more flags. When you turn six, you have to play tackle, tackle at six. At wow. six. So he he's paying for it. he's not even forty he's paying for it like he we have so many machines at home that he has to get on daily just to be able to function and make it through the day and those concussions they're no joke they are no joke 
So I would just say to parents, like, you have to be the advocate for your kids and not yes. let those coaches push right to them. Man yeah, right. If you have, a uh, like, you know, your daughters are good athletes, so they're put the coaches want to push them more. Mm -hmm. Jake, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I just think it's amazing to hear a first-person uh, story. You know, it really hits home there. Um, I myself grew up heavy into sports, and I remember uh, whenever I turned down a scholarship, uh, for playing football at a Division two school, my dad was like devastated. Uh, but really, but one thing you just have to keep in mind is that the uh, the actual percentage of people who make it to the pros is so tiny. So if all these people are going to be risking their health, health. and risking their their life to some extent for such a small percentage, it just doesn't really make sense. And I'm not saying I'm anti-sports, but you just have to uh, take it all into consideration and realize there's a lot more to life as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the money these parents play. I tell pay oh. for the kid. I tell parents if you took that money and put it into an RA and just let it grow, from because I know parents whose kids started playing basketball when they were three. Right, and some of these club sports are like yeah. ten grand a year. Ten grand. Yeah, I couldn't and the trips. Even fathom. I'm yeah. like ten grand. We're still playing all the rec leagues. We're just yeah. like you know like, all the rec leagues. It's, it's it's crazy. And then when you talk about volleyball and baseball, that's even more <clears throat> money. Yeah. So it's it's like. Maybe that investment, you know, could I, I, I'm fine with the rec leagues until they tell me I'm very serious about a sport. Yes, Miss Leah Schaefer. Yeah, well, you, you know, our kids play volleyball together, mm -hmm. Angie. Um, you know, to, to me, it's about commitment, teaching Lolo to commit to something, not necessarily, you know, being great at it. Because she just got put on the C team for volleyball. So that's kind of like kids who are not really experienced and stuff. Yeah. And she was kind of bummed out. But I said, baby girl, like. She just, just have started. fun. Just have fun and don't put that pressure on you. Because I was an all-star softball player for nine years, and but I wanted to sing. So my dad was devastated when I gave up softball scholarship to sing. But, you know, it's just you have to just let your kids figure it out, see what their it. passions yeah. are. Um, and, you know, show up, be responsible, be on time, uh, you know, because they can be lazy. But um, so, yeah, it's... I think sports can, is bittersweet. I just, I, I, I love talking to that doctor. I'm so glad he joined us. And hey, you're going to hear um, Jake's business, God's Glory Box, on the show. You'll hear the spots, godsglorybox.com, and we have a code for you. Uh, they're beautiful, by the way. I just gave away several of the items as gifts that come in the box. Um, if you want to do a subscription, uh, go to godsglorybox.com, and then in the code, you can put in Good News 5 for $5 off the one month or Good News 10 for uh, $10 off a longer subscription. All right, we'll be right back with the good news. God's Glory Boxes were started to help spread the glory of God, support Christian artists, and feed the hungry. At God's Glory Boxes, they get things from artists worldwide who share their love of God through their art, like paintings, jewelry, t-shirts, and pillowcases. Here's how it works. Go to the website godsglorybox.com. Choose a one-month, three-month, six-month, or 12-month subscription. Use the promo code GOODNEWS5 for $5 off a one-month subscription or GOODNEWS10 for $10 off a longer subscription. You can get God's Glory Boxes for yourself or as a gift, cancel whenever you want, and the best part is that for each box sold, God's Glory Boxes will donate five meals to hungry people in the community. Help spread God's glory today by starting your subscription at godsglorybox.com. 
And remember to use the promo codes GOODNEWS5 or GOODNEWS10 to take advantage of your special Good News discount. Thanks so much for joining us for this encore portion of the Good News with Angie Austin. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin. I've got a very special, I'm honored to have this interview today. I have um, Colorado candidate for treasurer, Brian Watson, very good dear friend of the show and Angie personally. Thank you so much for being here, Brian. Well, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. And uh, we know recently you just had a really big victory, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what, what's going on with you? Yeah, we definitely did, and we're blessed and fortunate for it. So I've been campaigning since last October, and we started with 10 candidates running for state treasurer of Colorado, and we had a, a pretty contested primary, and I was fortunate in winning that primary recently. And so now we're down to myself and one other candidate going into the general election in November. That's awesome. Congratulations. And how can we help you to spread the word? And what, what is it that's going to set you apart from the other candidates so that we can make sure that we can get you elected? You bet. Well, first and foremost, I'm grateful for that. You know, I've made a commitment that uh, we want to contribute in a positive way to the state treasurer's office. Uh, one of my campaign pledges is not to take a salary from the government when elected to try to do my part to reduce the cost and burden of government. And so everybody has a sphere of influence, and we love meeting people from all political affiliations and persuasions. And so if there, anyone wants us to reach out and meet with a group of people uh, on a one-on-one basis or to share our positive message, we'd be happy to do so. People can learn more at brianwatson.vote. Uh, there's a lot on the stake uh, on the line here for this particular election, and we'd just be grateful for any volunteers and support people want to contribute. That's awesome. Well, what a positive and great message. And so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what brought you to want to do this in the first place? Yeah, so I grew up from very humble means on the western slope of Colorado, little town of Olathe. And so a lot of the western slope, you know, appreciation of grit, stewardship, and hard work are in my blood. I went to school up in Boulder and founded my companies in Denver over 18 years ago. And so my focus, which I've been interviewed on the show for before, is really going out and buying vacant buildings to create jobs and opportunity and empower Americans uh, all across the country. And so I've been fortunate and building that company to where we own over a billion three of assets in 16 states across America. And I want to bring all of that business and investment experience to the state treasurer's office to make a positive difference because, again, a lot of these issues, there's a lot on the line. Hey, Brian, this is Donna Hetzler. And, you know, one of the things that I really like is um, that you approach every relationship and negotiation with an attitude of how can I help benefit this person? And I love that. So can you give me some success story with, you know, maybe buying these vacant buildings or a story that really touched your heart? Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. So if you look at my career, the whole history has been about building bridges and tearing down barriers among people. And as I said, I truly love people in all walks of life and trying to figure out how we can go out and make a positive difference together. I'll give you a couple quick examples. You know, a little over a year ago, I started a community barbecue because I was 
tired of others tearing us apart by our race or religion or where we live or where we don't live. And so we show up once a month in different communities all across Denver, and we have a barbecue, a meal together, and just to get to know people on a one-on-one basis. And so just wonderful stories have come from that, and people can go online and see that at denvercommunitybarbecue.com. And anyone is welcome to attend, and if there's anyone who wants us to show up in a neighborhood, let us know and we can do so. In terms of uh, buying a vacant building, I'll give you an example. Uh, recently, I bought a, a little few months ago, bought a building in Gary, Indiana. And this particular area in Gary, Indiana has a 30% unemployment rate. And we went in and bought this vacant former school building, and we eventually found another school and church to come in and to occupy the building. But the gentleman that we got to hire to do the maintenance of the property actually went to school at the building when he was a kid, and he had been unemployed for almost a decade. And last Christmas when we came in and we bought the building and we needed someone to do work on it, we hired him. And literally, we got a communication from his daughter that said, you gave my father the best Christmas present he could have asked for. And he was literally in tears because now he can go back to work and get a job at this building and help out. And so it's, it's personal human stories like that uh, that really get us excited to try to make a positive difference in the world. I love that story. Yeah. What a positive message. That's one thing I really like about talking to you and knowing that your ca- how your campaign is going is that it's always this positive direction in the way that you go and you want to help so many people. And we really appreciate that here at The Good News. And hey, Brian, why don't you tell us about how people can find you one more time and then everyone, please go vote. Yeah, well, definitely vote. Uh, that's one of the big things as Americans we have to do. So you can learn more at brianwatson.vote. And as I said, there's plenty of opportunities uh, to volunteer, to donate, to get involved. And, again, I promise to work hard every single day and to always remain positive about it uh, because we want to do the best job we can for the people of Colorado. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show, Brian. Thanks, Brian. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Good luck this November. Everyone, get out there and vote for Brian Watson. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.